Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera, And I'm riding solo today, so we'll kind of hit you quick with this one. Producer Corey is doing lawyerly things because that's what his job requires of him. But what we did leave a message for all of you Eagles fans out there. Producer Corey said, and this is a direct quote, so I'm going to read it very carefully and calmly into the microphone. And that quote is, the Eagles are fucked. That's what Corey says. So we're going to leave that out there. I personally grabbed the Giants at plus eight and a half. I think that that number was a little bit too high. I think that it was important to have the eight and a half as well because of the way that these coaches are, they're generally smarter coaches. They're playing a little bit more of a math game. Dabble, I think if the Giants happen to be down double digits um, or down two touchdowns going in the fourth quarter, if the Giants were to make a late game drive, I think that the Giants would go for two. And that's why I think that that eight and a half is so important because if they were to miss, then you're still covering with the eight. So it's down to seven and a half and even seven. Um, for me personally, I think at that number, it's a stay away just because the Eagles are incredibly good. But I will say that I think that <clears throat> this is an interesting game. There's a lot of spade spots, especially against the spread for number one seeds in the divisional round um, and divisional divisional matchups. And Brandon Anderson talked about a lot about this in one of his pieces. So I'm kind of regurgitating it, and I would honestly direct you to that if you want to have a little bit better information. But basically, it's a danger spot for not only the Eagles, but it's also a danger spot for the Chiefs. And I think that when you're looking at this, you're getting the Jags plus eight and a half is probably the bet. Uh, you can see this is kind of going up as high as nine. I think that this should be a surprisingly lower scoring game. Um, and I think it's because of the way that the Chiefs, they they like will slow the game down a little bit, uh, especially if they're winning. And home unders with Andy Reid have been very good. Uh, so it's in with with Reid and Mahomes in 25 games, they have the unders been 16, 8 uh, and 1 since 2018 when Kansas City's favored by at least seven. Um, and that was from Anthony Dabundo from Action Network. But I think what that's saying as well, though, is if the game is under and you're getting this at over a possession, similar to the Giants, uh, you're going to have a little bit of an easier time covering the ball or covering the game. And I think this is a really good opportunity for the Jags. So um, the Jags, they can, their defense has been pretty good, or the Jags offense has been pretty good. They've gotten rolling, especially the passing. So We'll we'll see how this goes against the Chiefs team, and you know, but I, I do think that this is a little bit of a high total, um, and the trends show that Andy Reid Chiefs will go oftentimes go under in this type of spot. So, well, with that, you know, we won't get too much into the football. It is what it is. I uh, I'm rooting for the Giants, obviously, but I do think that the games have set themselves up to be very very good. Uh, I think right now is a really interesting time to back the Cowboys. Um, longtime supporter, listener of the show, Dominic DeLeo, bet on the Cowboys to win Super Bowl and the, I believe, the NFC comp or the NFC. And a lot of that was in part due to the fact that uh, he felt like they were a little bit underrated and their road was not too bad. 
So when we're looking at this now, you kind of see that, like you're playing the 49ers, they have Brock Purdy, who's played excellent, but at the same time, he's still a rookie quarterback. It's a big stage coming up against the Cowboys. Uh, they were much, they were very expected to beat the Seattle Seahawks, who we knew had really declined over the back end, back end of the season. So this is a step up in class, a significant step up in class, honestly, to a Cowboys team that very well could have been the one seed as well. Um, and they're catching, they're catching over a field goal. I think the Cowboys are a good spot this weekend. And if you want to look at them to win the, to win the conference, maybe start looking at some Super Bowl stuff. It, it's not really the worst play. Um, but with that, let's talk about this NBA slate. Um, <clears throat> for Wednesday, we have quite a bit, uh, quite a few games, and there's a couple games that I'm really interested in. And those games in particular are the. Miami Heat versus the New Orleans Pelicans, the Atlanta Hawks versus the Dallas Mavericks. Um, the Cavs versus the Grizzlies is an interesting one. And the Kings versus the Lakers. And I also have a play in uh, in Pacers, Oklahoma City Thunder. So I'm going to get the play out first because I know it's something that I've locked in right now. And that's Andrew Nemhard over 16.5 points and assists. That's on DraftKings. Uh, it's as high as 17 and a half, depending on your book. Look, without Halliburton, this has been a tough time for the Pacers. But the thing is, this part of their schedule has been expectedly tough. This, in my opinion, is a must-win game for the Pacers if they want to continue their trajectory of being a playoff team. Uh, they're playing in a matchup against the th this Thunder team on the road. Um, you are seeing a little bit of action on the Pacers spread. It's moved from four and a half to four right now. Uh, and when you're looking at net rating, they are the Thunder are actually a little bit better at this point. Uh, the Thunder are about a point and a half better than the Pacers in terms of adjusted net rating at, at this point in time. And a lot of it has to do with their defense. But these teams both play with an incredible amount of pace. The Thunder play at the third fastest pace, and the Pacers play at the uh at the fifth fastest pace. So I think there should be plenty of opportunities. Additionally, I wrote about him in my player prop forecast. And they've moved his lines down because he's not really scoring yet. But a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's scoring. He's He just hasn't been making the shots. Like he's getting plenty of volume. He's getting plenty of opportunity. But the shots aren't falling. So I think that with this adjustment, the assists have been pretty static. But now we're getting a pace up spot against Oklahoma City. And I think that his points should follow. Uh, so we've seen his points drop from the 12 and a half that it was 13 and a half, even down to nine and a half. Uh, so with that kind of movement, I don't think that that's really the right movement based on the volume. I think that's the movement based on his performance. And I think that the 16 and a half gives you a little bit in the combo prop, gives you a little, little, little bit of leeway. If he decides to be a little bit more of a passer, uh, as we saw him dish a bunch of dimes the other night, uh, even hitting his, like within his potentials have been through the roof in the double digits. With that in mind, though, the other player that I'm obviously waiting on, and I'm really curious to see what they do with his lines because TJ McConnell went absolutely crazy uh, in the last game, and he almost had a triple-double. Um, for him, I really like his rebounds prop. Um, a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's on the floor against second stringers. Um, nobody on Indiana is like necessarily like stat padding, so he's kind of able to grab these boards, some of the easier ones, uh, and they keep setting his line at three and a half. So we had five the other day. It was plus money, three and a half. 
Um, maybe we see this move to a negative number, but I think that you can continue to bet him for rebounds and assists. Although he dropped like a million points, like literally a million points uh, in his last game. I still tend to stay away from the points. And it's just because of the fact that he's really unselfish. He's a true veteran. Uh, he's a great backup point guard. Um, and I like his rebounds and assists line. So we've been seeing it at nine and a half. We've been seeing it at um, like 10 and a half. I think that's exactly where you want to live for these rebounds and assist lines. Um, and I, I would 100% continue to take McConnell uh, at his rebounds, his assists, and his RA. And depending on where they set his points line, maybe even his points still. So I really like McConnell in these spots. Another play that I'm looking at is you. we really have to continue to look at Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, in his blocks. And he's just continued to crush his two and a half blocks line. So continue to look at that, even in a tougher matchup against the against the Cavs with Mobley and Jared Allen. But I'm really interested in that game in large part because we're seeing Donovan Mitchell is listed as doubtful. That's why you're seeing the spread has moved so much. So probably a good opportunity to look for uh, Darius Garland assist in this spot. The next game that I'm really going to be targeting and an angle that I'm going to be targeting is number one in this Dallas Hawks game. I'm going to be looking at Christian Wood blocks, continue to set it at one and a half. Just another spot that I want to keep hammering. Additionally, I think that this is a pretty good matchup for Luca. I think that Trey obviously cannot defend him. Um, and I really think that this is a spot where, you know, he's at a 34 and a half on his points prop. And it just is, it's like a mind numbingly high number, but at the same time, he just continues to keep like crushing this. And when you look at hit, when you look at this matchup for him, Atlanta's like pretty bad, um, but they play at a fast pace. They play at the eighth fastest pace in the league. So it's a little bit of a pace up spot for Luca. Uh, the Mavericks obviously play slow, um, but it, it's definitely something that I'm targeting. I might try to do like some sort of PPD combo. I do like Dallas in this spot. Um, I'm curious about this Miami Pelicans game. I don't really, I don't know if I really like anything. Uh, I probably will continue to be betting on Najee Marshall points, rebounds and assists. Uh, and he's just been great on this number. Miami, my concern is that Miami can kind of switch a lot. They can throw a lot of different looks at him on the offensive side uh, and they play slow. So it's something that I'm looking at. I might continue to play it, but I, I probably would reduce the risk in this, in this particular spot. Um, finally, the game that I'm like really, really curious about is the Lakers versus the Kings. We don't have any props out yet. The Lakers are plus four. It's a spot that I, I kind of, I kind of want to back the Lakers and I think I have like a little bit of a LeBron bias. Um, so just getting that out there now, but part of why I like this spot is it, it's kind of one of those games where it plays into both of what these teams are doing. Like they both like to run, they're going to play fast. They're going to play in transition, but I really like Sabonis in particular here over his last really couple seasons against the Lakers, but in particular this season, he's had three matchups against the Lakers. These are his stat lines, 25, 12, and seven, 13, 21, and 12, 21, 10, and six. Um, and he's, and then if you go back one more to when he was with the Pacers, 20, 12, and 10. So he's got two triple doubles in his last four matchups, including one this year 
Uh, and honestly, if he didn't, the one thing is always in like a little bit of foul trouble against the Lakers. And I think it's because they have him guarding LeBron a lot or they have him guarding Anthony Davis. Obviously, Anthony Davis isn't playing. So that's something to be concerned about. But he just continues to just absolutely smack these numbers. Um, I'm not 100% certain where they're going to set his prop lines. But to give you a little bit of perspective, when if we go back to January 7th, um, so happy, happy belated to me. But if you go back, back to that game and we look at where Sabonis' prop lines were, his points prop was set at 20 and a half points. His rebounds line was 14 and a half and his assist line was seven and a half. Um, the, the rebounds is insanely high. The rebounds is so high at 14 and a half. And I think that that's actually a spot that you would want to go under um, despite the 21 stat performance there. Um, I think that the play is honestly, is honestly like if you're looking to bet Sabonis is to just bet the triple double um, and, or like do some alt lines with maybe like a 10 and a seven, uh, an 11 and a seven. Um, but he's had double digit boards in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven consecutive games and uh, eight of his last, or no, nine of his last 10 against the Lakers. Uh, so that's basically since he's been playing meaningful minutes. Uh, he's only missed that in one game against the Lakers. Um, I think that this is, it's an interesting spot. And additionally, the other spot that I want to like caution you on is, and I remember this because this game went into, I think it was double overtime, right? And people were bitching about the fact that Thomas Bryant missed his like rebound props stuff. And they're like, oh, like he didn't play at the back end of this game. Uh, or no, 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 it wasn't Thomas Bryant. That was a different game. I'm sorry. In this game, Thomas Bryant played great against the Kings. Uh, so hopefully producer Corey can cut that. Who knows? But Thomas Bryant played great against the Kings. He played 34 and 31 minutes this season against them, totaling 29 points, 14 rebounds, and 17 points and 10 rebounds. Um, might be a good spot to back him. And they need his size. Um, and I'm wondering if they're going to play a little bit of him coupled with Wendell Gabriel. Uh, it, it's really an interesting spot for him. And I think this is, I think it's definitely a spot that he could excel, uh, especially because it's a little bit of a buy low. We've seen his minutes decline and his performance decline a bit uh, in the last couple of games against the Rockets, Sixers, and the Mavericks. But a lot of that, in my opinion, has to do with personnel. You're looking at a Rockets team that's running out uh, Sangoon, who they like to run their basically their entire offense through. Then you're looking at the Sixers, who just Joel Embiid is just going to put you in hell. And then Christian Wood, also a little bit of a more nuanced type of big. He still had 11 and nine in that game, but Christian Wood is a little bit more of a nuanced type of big uh, in the fact that he can, you know, he's and he's he's very very fast. So you're looking at a little bit of a better matchup, maybe with like a Wendell Gabriel there. So those are kind of the spots that I'm looking at. I think that LeBron is just on an absolute scoring tear. And I don't know where they're going to set his line at. They've been setting it at like 31 or so, 32 and a half. In this matchup against this fast-paced Kings team uh, where LeBron just went crazy last time. He scored 37, he had 37, 8, and 7. Um, I'm probably looking to back LeBron once again. So those are my picks. Those are my angles for 
this Wednesday NBA slate. And just a quick recommendation to you guys. Um, I'm going to recommend Wegmans. I made it to a Wegmans today or yesterday, and I had a great time. Um, I've really missed Wegmans. There isn't one necessarily like right by me. And I don't, there's not always ones across the country, but Wegmans is just an elite store. I think of it as somewhere it's like in the land between ShopRite and Whole Foods. Um, I think it's less like douchey than Whole Foods, honestly. And uh, you're getting a lot more options than at a shop, right? Uh, especially if you're looking for a little bit healthier options. Um, I will say that the chicken thighs were a little expensive per pound. It was like three and a quarter per pound, uh, as opposed to like $1.99 or so at shop, right? So we'll continue to just buy the chicken thighs at shop, right? Or Costco, just because those are, that's just a better option. But you can get ground turkey there. Uh, it's a very good deal. And as you know, I've been saying it's ground turkey season. We're starting to cut. We're really starting this wedding diet. It's been it's been pretty tough. So if anybody has some suggestions for maybe some low-cal recipes, some high protein low-cal, um, gotta get gotta get the bod right, gotta get the bod in shape, you know. Um, we're, but we're doing okay. So those are my recommendations. I recommend Wegmans and Ground Turkey. Producer Corey would be laughing at me because he just knows that that is just an annual, not even annual. It's like a semi-annual recommendation by me. So, you know, Ground Turkey, Wegmans, beat these books into the ground. Let's cash that. Same.